Great stuff. Thank you all, all of you. What a great, uh, what a great effort. What a great song. You know, we're, um, <laughs> that's such a, there's a lot that goes into what I'm going to tell you about this because when we first did this series, which was last fall, um, I had, when I approached this song, I had a whole different view of it than what I did, and I'm going to show you some of the things that, that uh, Steve helped me find on some websites and so forth uh, that, that changed my whole view of the song. And as a matter of fact, uh, we have been for the last couple of months preparing the fall series, which is going to be rock and roll series two, okay? Finding Faith in Rock and Roll too. And uh, one of the things I said to Steve was, I want to do that song again. Of course, we're not going to do that. We're going to do some other things. But, uh, and that's all. We're going to have some, some series cards for you. That will start in uh, September, September 19th to be exact. Um, but um, we're going to talk about this again. We're going to talk about, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. Because this is really a Christian song. A lot of people don't know that. There's a couple of websites of some guys who, and one of them, that I, I looked at it again this morning just to refresh my memory on it, because he's an ordained Presbyterian pastor in Ireland, which of course is where U2 is from, and, um, and they're really hardcore U2 fans, and one of the things that I have learned in some of the research that I've done, uh, not just with U2, but particularly U2, there are some, uh, has almost a cult-like following, I say that word sort of cautiously, because I don't really believe that, but I mean, it's got a, they've got a real big following. But um, I want to show you what one writer, and I'll show you, I'll give you the proper credit, and even the, I'll give you the, um, the uh, website in case you want to look it up later. But let me just show you what one, one uh, minister said about, from Ireland, who said about this particular song. Let me just show you that. Right here, in the heart of the song, lies the heart of the gospel, the doctrine of the cross, its atonement and substitutionary death of Christ in our place was number one in the U.S. charts for four weeks. You too were claiming to believe it, but they still hadn't found what they were looking for. It exposes a dangerous error we could have at the finding of faith. That is, uh, that it is over, sorted. What we are looking for is found. Uh, that's not the case. This is not the case. The finding of God is but the beginning of the journey and not the end. For the Christian, that cross is the starting point to the journey. Believing in what Jesus has done for us is the jumping off point to a whole new life and world. And I still haven't found what I'm looking for. You two spelled out the creed of their basis of faith and subsequent journey, the merciful act of God's grace on that very first Good Friday. It comes from Rhythms of Redemption. And it's by Steve Stockman, who's the, that's the uh, minister's name, and that's the website that I have listed for you there on the, uh, on the PowerPoint. Isn't that interesting? Because what he's telling us is, this is a journey. We have, it's not the destination when we come to put our trust in Christ and become followers of Jesus. It's part of the journey, it's part of the process. Fulfillment, fairness, wrongs righted, Well, ultimately, that's not going to come in this life. All of those things. Will we experience some degree of fulfillment at times? Yes. Will we experience some fairness? Some? Yeah, at times. But you know as well as I do, not always. Will we experience rights, or excuse me, wrongs righted? No, not in this life. Sometimes we will, but not always. Um, 
So the question I ask, is it possible to be a follower of Jesus and still be looking, longing for something? Will there still be those times when me as a, as a devoted follower of Christ might be praying, I might be thinking, you know, it's just uh, I, something else is missing. Well, it, it, you know, there's, that's, a, that's a multi-edged sword, the answer to that. Um, sometimes there might be something missing that I can do something about. Sometimes, as C.S. Lewis said in that quote that Steve quoted, which was really so good, we weren't made for this world. We were made for a different world. And some of the needs that we have uh, won't be fulfilled until we go to be with uh, the Heavenly Father. So, um, being in relationship with God doesn't mean we have all the answers. doesn't mean we have fulfillment or even that we have it all together, all the time. No one does. Hard thing to learn. Age has taught me that. I remember many times being raised, because I was raised in a Christian home and been in church since I was two weeks old and so forth. I remember many times thinking, some, well, that guy's got it all together, and then something would happen, and you'd realize, oh, he doesn't have it all together. Well, it took me a few years to realize none of us do. Um, nice to present that forward. Sometimes we call that hypocrisy, and sometimes it is. Got to be careful with that, too. Hypocrisy simply means I have a standard that I don't always live up to. That'd be me. That'd be me. You know? Uh, is that a hypocrite? Well, sometimes. Obviously, there's another degree of hypocrisy, and hopefully we can avoid that, where we continue to say things and, and be totally different, and that's a whole different deal. Um, but no one has it all together. There are those who say they do, but <clears throat> there's also things called lying and covering up and denial and all kinds of other issues that go along with it. Let me show you real quickly as we just jump into this. I'm going to show you more, but just briefly, three biggest myths about following Christ. I'm going to just hit that real quick, and then we're going to look at some other things. One is that you will always feel fulfillment. Don't always feel fulfillment. Can I give you a real quick little confession 101 here? Pastors don't always feel fulfillment. I have been with people and have experienced myself at times where you're like, oh man, there's something different here. Is there something more? Yeah, there is. It's called going to heaven and being with God. You know, So we don't all feel fulfillment. And different things happen in our lives. You know, as they say, life happens, and, and, and we don't all feel that all, all the time. And to think and to present what would really torques me sometimes is that we often present what it means to be a follower of Jesus with that, well, everything you'll be, you'll be so fulfilled and everything will be great. <clears throat> Wrong answer, you know. Will things be great? Many times they will, but not all the time. You know, Jesus... Never said, once you, you know, once you follow me, everything's going to be wonderful. And that's, not, that's not the case at all. Uh, second little myth that I like to talk about is this, that you got it together. I talked about that. Nobody always has it together. The third myth is that your struggles are all over. Sometimes we have some big struggles. Sometimes those of us who have committed ourselves to the faith of following Jesus, we still have struggles. Some cases, those are struggles with others. Some cases, those are struggles with circumstances. In some cases, those are struggles with myself. That's part of the deal. Now, the only people who don't really struggle with themselves 
are either those who are lying about it or those who, who might be institutionalized. And I don't, say that, I don't say that facetiously or capriciously. We have one of our young people, um, one of our, I call them young people, we have, for those of you who don't know, we have um, college students, in some cases some of them, have, I keep calling them college students, some of them have graduated, either from PBU, Philadelphia Biblical University, or Nyack College, who help us with our kids program, which is one of the reasons we have the greatest kids program in the northeastern United States, and I don't say that uh, facetiously, I believe that. One of, the, one of the guys, Ian, if you ever get to know Ian, he, uh, his job, he's already graduated, he's working on his master's, and he, his job is he works in a mental ward during the week. So oftentimes after church, I'll go to lunch with him, and we'll hear stories of Ian working with some of these people, and he feels like he's making a difference there. But, but in, in, the light of, in light of some of the things we talk about, he'll talk about somebody who thinks, I can't remember who it was, one of the, I've heard so many stories, sorry, but one of them was this person who thought they were Napoleon or something, you know, and they, they were just terrific. Well, the worst thing, you know, what happened is, you know, they got better and they realized they weren't Napoleon and all their problems started, you know, and it was like, I liked it better when I thought I was Napoleon, you know, there's, there's, you know, obviously there's something, and, and, and obviously there are, and again, I, don't, I certainly don't want to make light of people's mental conditions because it's a real thing and it's a struggle and it's a tough deal. But my point is, you understand, that oftentimes, the, not often, the people who don't struggle are those who, who either have just sort of checked out mentally in some form of emotional disturbance, one form or another, or people who are just lying to themselves. We all do. We all, we all struggle. Even those of us who have committed our lives to Christ. It's at a different level and it's in a different way. But there's still some struggle. So let me do this. I want to just show you these things. I had four little thoughts here that I want to give you. We call them, let me show you what I'm we call them principles of, of surviving spiritually. Let's go to that. Principles of surviving spiritually when you haven't found a spiritual state of mind. Go back, go back, go back. Can we go back? Can we go back? Yeah, there we go. Go Okay, we got somebody new on PowerPoint back there, and that's Todd. And he's a great guy, and he's one of our PBU guys. But, uh, but uh, yeah, every now and then he struggles, too, with, uh, with the computer. But uh, dirty shame of that is he struggles with his computer, and he's still about 20 times better than I am. So that gives you some concept where I am. All right, let me show you this, because this is, um, this is really good. Um, principles of surviving spiritually when you haven't found a spiritual state of mind. Now, who is that? At times, every one of us. Let me show you the first principle. Here it is. It's okay. You've already seen it. It's okay to struggle. I want to make this clear. Because many times in churches, we don't get that impression. It's not okay to struggle. You better have it together. And I better not see you struggling with anything in your life. Because if you do, you don't belong here. Well, that's crap. Okay? I'm sorry. That's just trash. Because that's, that's, that's lying. And one of the things that torques me off at the church in general is this whole thing that, well, if you don't have it together, well, you know, we're not so sure you, you, you should be here. Well, check me out, okay? Because I, that's not where I want to be. It's okay to struggle. Let me show you. Let me show you this. Um, you know what? I know why he screwed up. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do, when I try not to do wrong... I do it anyway. I just messed up. All right, let's, let's, I'm going to stop here and go back on something, okay? This is why Todd messed up. I actually messed up. I want to go back to the, Take me all the way back to before where I start that whole little thing in the Romans, okay? Um, okay, here we go. Right here, right here, right here. 
Those of you who are listening, by these things get taped on CD, and sometimes they're going to wonder what the heck's going on. Just, just stay with us, okay? I want to go through this. I want, you, I want to see if you think this is one of those guys that has it together. You're going to know where this comes from because I've already shown you. I can anticipate the response that is coming. Just follow me. Just follow with me here. I know that all God's commands are spiritual, and I'm not. Isn't this also your experience? Yes, I'm full of myself after all. I've spent a long time in sin's prison. What I don't understand about myself is that I decide one way, but then I act another, doing things I absolutely despise. So if I can't be trusted to figure out what is best for myself and then do it, it becomes obvious that God's command is necessary. But I need something more. For if I know the law but still can't keep it, and if the power of sin within me keeps sabotaging my best intentions, I obviously need help. I realize I don't have what it takes. I can will it, but I can't do it. I decide to do good, but I don't really do it. Hey, I can relate to this guy. Can you relate to this guy? I decide not to do bad, but then I do it anyway. My decisions, such as they are, don't result in actions. Something has gone wrong, deep within me, and gets the better of me every time. Keep going. Um, gets the better of me every time. Um, guy doesn't have it together, does he? Um, happens so regularly that it's predictable. The moment I decide to do good, sin is there to trip me up. I know that feeling. I truly delight in God's command, but it's pretty obvious that all of me joins in that delight. Uh, excuse me, that not all of me joins in that delight. Parts of me covertly rebel, and just when I least expect it, they take charge. I've tried everything and nothing helps. I'm at the end of my rope. Is there no one who can do anything for me? Isn't that the real question? The answer, thank God, is that Jesus Christ can't and does. He acted to set things right in his life of contradictions where I want to serve God with all my heart in this life, you know, where I want to serve God and so forth and so forth, but in pulled by the influence of sin to do something totally different. That's a lot of reading, and I'm sorry about that, but I want want you to see that. Does that sound like a guy who's got it together? Sounds like my life. Sound like your life? Who wrote that? You probably already have seen that. Let's show you this. Romans chapter 7, verses 14 through 25. The Apostle Paul said all those things. Here's what I want you to understand. Paul, the great apostle, the great writer of half the New Testament or more, didn't have it all together either. And that's why I want to show you, and I want to show you this next thing that I showed you a moment ago that I wanted to go back to. Um, that's why I want to show you when we talk about all this whole thing of principles. Let me just show you that. Go ahead, yeah, Paul. Uh, go ahead, Todd. Principles of surviving spiritually when you haven't found a spiritual state of mind, it's okay to struggle. That's what I want you to see. That's why I wanted to go back. Sorry, I forgot that earlier. But I I really wanted you to see that. The Apostle Paul, great man of God, canonized as he should be and sainted as he should be, didn't have it together. So I guess there's hope for you, huh? That's how I look at that. I look at that now when I blow it and mess up. I think, wow, God, help me. The Apostle Paul didn't have it together and 
neither does rich. Um, it's okay to struggle. And I'll show you that one more time that Romans passage I just showed. It. We, this is in a different translation. When I want to do good, I don't. And when I try not to do wrong, uh, I do. I do it anyway. Um, some very good people struggle. Let me show you this quote from one of the great church fathers, Martin Luther. Let me just show you this. You, if you are a preacher of mercy, do not preach an imaginary, but the true mercy. If the mercy is true, you must therefore bear the true. Not an imaginary sin. God does not save those who are only imaginary sinners. Be a sinner and let your sins be strong. Isn't this great? But let your trust in Christ be stronger and rejoice in Christ who is the victor over sin, death, and the world. We will commit sins while we are here for this life is not a place where justice resides. We, we however, says Peter, are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where justice will reign. It's okay to struggle. Some people do. All of us do at certain times. And let me just kind of add a little caveat to that. It's okay to struggle in this place that we call church. Part of the, part of the original vision of the founding of Renaissance has to do with the fact a people need a safe place to come. Now, it, it, we're all in different places. We'll talk more about that in just a second. Some of us are, are people of faith. Some of us are just seeking and, and exploring that whole faith issue. You know what? That's okay. It's a good place to ask, good place to, to struggle right here. Because we're going to try to find some answers. I believe we will. So that's the first little principle of, strive, of surviving spiritually here. It's okay to struggle. Number two, beware of self-imposed unrealistic expectations. Let me show you this again. Read through this, but let me just show you this again. It's, uh, it seems to be a fact that life, a fact of life, that when I want to do what is right, I inevitably, inevitably do what is wrong. I love God's law with all my heart. Verse 23, but there is another law at work within me. <laughs> that is at war with my mind. This law wins the fight and makes me a slave to the sin that is still within me. Oh, what a miserable person I am. I mean, what, what, he's not stating a statement of fact. He's stating an emotion. Have you ever felt that way? You're thinking, what a heathen I am. I've felt that way a few times. You know? I was playing tennis the other day with some friends. Which, Sorry, we had our tennis tournament canceled yesterday, by the way, but we're going to do another one. I was playing tennis the other day with some friends, and I was doing really good, not necessarily hitting the ball, but but just doing pretty good otherwise. And I don't know, I messed up two or three times. Yeah, somehow, I don't know how, that racket left my hand and ended up in the fence. I don't know how that happens. Just boom, you know, just one of those things. I'm like, oh, man, you know? We know, we understand that, right? So that's that whole thing, you know, that whole miserable person that I am who will free me who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin? Um, you're li- you live in an imperfect world, and you're an imperfect person, and when are you going to understand that? That's a question, that's a rhetorical question. And that's a question you can ask yourself. Beware of self-imposed, unrealistic expectations. That doesn't mean we don't have standards. That doesn't mean that we don't have certain principles that we follow and seek to follow. 
certain convictions and so forth. But please understand that. And this is, this is something, what we've done so many times in quote-unquote Christian circles is we've worried more about the standard than we have the internal stuff. And that was never, ever God's intent. Um, internal workings are difficult to measure. We try to do that. But you know, you, you really can't. We try to do that, but you really can't. We try to do it with others. Well, I don't see God working in their life. I don't see them growing as a person or in any other way. Well, you don't know that because you don't know what's going on in that heart. I have been, I have the benefit of some age in this. I have been so surprised at times, which tells you that I was wrong in making a judgment in the first place. I was. I've been so surprised that some people who you le- from whom you least expected, you see God doing, and, and others, it's just the opposite. They have the, the, the external down, but the internal's not there. So that's it. Beware of self-imposed, unrealistic expectations. This is the thing. Let me show you a, a quote from one of my favorite writers of, of a different era, Thomas Kempis. The devil sleepeth not, neither is the flesh as yet dead. Therefore, cease not to prepare thyself for the battle. For on thy right hand and on thy left hand are enemies who never rest. Speaking spiritually. Speaking spiritually. It's always something on your left or on your right that seeks to pull you down. Uh, beware of self-imposed, unrealistic expectations. And when you mess up, what do you do? You go to God and you say, hey. you know, I, I, we just saw again for the, the second time and umpteenth time from the movie, but we saw again this week, uh, Fiddler on the Roof, which is one of my top three favorite Broadway plays. Go see it, whether Alfred Molina was it, who's the star, but it doesn't matter. Retavia is Retavia. And, and I just love that play because it's just, it's just this guy talking to God. And I think there is no greater illustration of what prayer really is. Just walking around, oh, I mean, he's complaining to God sometimes. You know, he's a Jewish guy. Oh, God, I know you chose us. Maybe next time choose somebody else, you know. <laughs> Love that line. Um, and it's just, but it's just this whole thing, and he's got this whole thing going on with his daughters getting married and, and so forth, and, and, and you know, it, it just, it's just this whole continual dialogue with God, and, and, and it's so cool. That's exactly what I'm talking about here. You're just kind of walking through life, you know, and, and all of a sudden, you, you know, you, you, you do this, or you say this, or you throw your racket, or you do something else. Oh, God, please help me. I need some help. You know, or something more serious. That's what we're talking about here. You know, beware of these 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 visible expectations, and be much more concerned about the internal. Because I'll tell you what's going to happen: you get concerned about the internal, and over a period of time, those externals begin to take care. I don't mean you become perfect because you don't, but it gets a lot better. Third thing, third thought. Okay to struggle? Beware of self-imposed expectations. Third thing, even those committed to Christ are construction projects. One of my favorite verses in the New Testament, I know I say that a lot, but it's true. Um, Philippians 1, verse 6, "And, And I am sure that God who began the good work within you will continue his work until it's finally finished on that day when Christ Jesus comes back again. 
We are all construction projects. We are all at different places in our life. Just think about this for a minute. I want to move on. We've got, we got to blow through this because you guys are hot and you're getting sleepy and all that other kind of stuff. And, of course, it has to do more with being hot than it has to do with the speaker. We all know that. But, um, um, by the way, you know, Norbert told me, who, who Norbert was one of the singers, and he's in theater and all that stuff. He was telling me that in the theater, the reason they get it so chilly, so cooling. You ever notice that when you go into the theater, it's just cold as heck. So, you know, you don't get sleepy or whatever. We are going to take that principle and we're going to apply it in the opera house when we're in there. And, baby, we're going to hang meat, okay? <laughs> so just be ready. Bring your sweaters because it's going to be there, all right? So just enjoy this heat right now because you're not going to have it once we get into the opera house. By the way, check the website. A whole bunch of new pictures were updated yesterday on the opera house construction. We're coming along and we'll be in there before snow flies. But anyway, um, they didn't pick up on that, did they? And, uh, Here's, here's the thing. I want. We're all at different places in life. And those of us who are here, um, we come from different areas and, and, and different, I don't mean areas geographically, I mean in just in where you come from in life. Big baggage, little baggage, some baggage, not as much baggage, whatever it happens to be. Okay, and, and here we're all at different places in our, in our faith walk. And some of us are still trying to decide if we're going to have faith. So we're a whole bunch of different places, and what this verse is telling us is, you know, those of us who have become people of faith, we're at different places. Because somebody's here starting off with their faith, and somebody's way down here. And, we're, and all he's saying is, listen, let's be patient with each other, because God, we're not finished yet. It's going to happen, but not in this lifetime. Be patient with one another, and I would add to that just one little other little thought, and that is, be patient with yourself. Be patient with yourself. So easy to get down and depressed. And Oh, man, I can't believe I did that. I can't believe that sin of worry just keeps coming back to me about 3 o'clock every morning on this particular issue. Well, maybe some confession there. But you're, you, you apply it to your own life. Whatever your deal, maybe you don't worry. We all got our stuff. And we got to understand what it is. And we got to keep coming back to God with it and realize, hey, there's, some, there's, a progress, there's a process going on here. Uh, we are committed, uh, where, wherever we are in our, in our faith walk, we are all construction projects. Last thought that I want to give you, and this is one I want you to take with you, and this will be our, sort of our, our, our takeout food. Keep striving. Keep striving and moving forward. Um, let's just skip to the... Skip the next one and go to the next one. I, want to, I just want to show this next one and just get to this. I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made. Here again, our man Paul. But I am well on my way, reaching out for Christ who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. There's the Apostle Paul. That's Philippians chapter 3, verses 12. Just keep striving. And notice what he says here. I'm reaching forward. In one translation, says, I'm not looking back. I'm reaching forward. Keep, keep striving. Keep moving onward. And if you've become a person of faith, keep moving forward. If you're not quite there yet, keep moving forward. Let me show you a quote. Marcus Aurelius said this. The true worth of a man, this is so good. The, the, the true worth of a man is to be measured by the objects he pursues. 
I just really like that. But what he pursues or she pursues. I don't know who you are, where you are, and what's going on in your life. Well, I know that about some of them. I don't know where, I don't know where, you know, even those I know, I don't know exactly what's going on with you. But here's where we are. For some of you, you know, you're just sort of, uh, sort of questioning, keep questioning. You know what? Maybe today, maybe tomorrow, maybe next Sunday will be the time when you will say, you know what, Lord, I'm ready to give my life to you. I'm ready to trust in Christ who came and, and went to the cross and died and went to the grave and rose. From, I want to do that now. You can do that. Anytime you want to do that, just in your own way, just say, God, I want to give my life to you. Maybe you've already done that. Many of you have. And you're at a point, and maybe you're discouraged about certain, I'll use an allegory, maybe you're discouraged about the times you throw your tennis racket in your life, and maybe it's a lot more serious than that. Whatever it is. You know what? Now's a good time just to say, you know, Lord, thank you for the forgiveness that comes through Jesus and continue to strengthen me in that process. Continue to encourage me and give me the ability to keep moving on wherever I am. And he'll do that. Let's pray together. Let's stand together and pray. We'll be dismissed after this. Lord, we are, um, we are humbled and we are thankful for the truth that we see here in the Bible. And, uh, and God, we need this. I need this. And Father, you know each person here just in, your, in the way intimately. You know each person here. You know what's going on in their life. You know, what, you know what, they're, what things really get them going and, and the things that discourage them as well. And Lord, I, I would ask you that, that the Spirit of God would work in each one of our hearts, each one of our minds, to come to grips with this, these truths. And as we do, that we would be drawn to our Creator into a relationship with God through Jesus. I ask you for that for each one of us, whether that be initiating that today or whether that be something we just continue to grow in as we have the relationship with you. We thank you for that, Lord. We commit these things to you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.